Miracy. And the closer we are to really speaking our essence, our truth, owning our voice, claiming who we are, the message that we're here to share, the more vulnerable it is. Hello, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. Great and exciting things happen when we first become a coach. We get fired up together with our clients, and we love what we do. But quickly, we realize we have to build and run a business, right? We think, oh, crap, I have to do business. I have to sell my services. I don't know what to say. It's easy to get lost in the marketing and the sales of it all. But have no fear. I've invited a person that is an expert at helping her clients navigate this all too common issue. Today, I'm going to be talking with Michelle Copper. Michelle is the CEO of the Inspired Voice Business Coaching and a leading voice video and visibility expert. Her proven programs help entrepreneurs and creatives to claim their voice in their business, to clarify their message, and to call in clients, all while creating a life and business of fulfillment, of impact, and prosperity. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm so thrilled to have you on this show to talk about this topic. But before we dive in, would you mind sharing just a little bit of your background with our audience? Sure, I'd be happy to, you know. So I became a professional performer and had a long journey of finding and freeing my divine right to self-express through an acting career where I made my living at doing TV commercials and had a rock band in New York City where I performed and played for years to a teaching studio where I helped people from Broadway to the boardroom find their voice and their confidence presenting and speaking to deciding to take my business into the online coaching space about eight years ago. I love to help those who feel called transformation experts, coaches and healers, speakers, authors to find the words that help their best clients see them, hear them and hire them. And, you know, we teach what we need to learn. So I'm uniquely able to help people navigate the reality that molecules behave differently under observation and being on camera or standing up as a thought leader in the space or having live streams or doing that marketing and messaging that we must do in order to have a thriving business can feel and become an extension of the work that you love. So my unique background put me in a position to have a skill set for people and also a deep understanding of how vulnerable it can be. So that's what I do today. Oh my gosh. I started playing the flute when I was in the fifth grade because my best friend in fifth grade, Sherry, she played the flute. I'm like, well, I want to sit next to you in band class. So I'll play the flute. She quit later that year and I stuck with it and went on to do it through high school, through college, taught private lessons, went on to play in the church and all that stuff, weddings, all that kind of stuff. I would get so nervous when I'd have to go for recitals or auditions. And like I would have to wear these big, long skirts because my knees would literally knock. I was so nervous. And I just had this aha 
because I've done over the 18 years I've been in the coaching industry, thousands and thousands of webinars and trainings and speaking on stages and all this. And people are like, how does it come so natural to you? And I just had that aha. It's like all those years of all those auditions and all those performances. It helped me to put myself out there. And I'm like, well, duh, I'm having this big duh moment. But the topic for today is really about claiming your voice, clarifying your voice and putting yourself out there because I find that so daunting for all the new entrepreneurs that we encounter. It's like, ooh, I got to put myself out there. Like, why do we have such a hard time putting ourselves out there when we know it's our calling, when we know it's not just another job that we're circling in the newspaper saying, let's go get this job, but why do we have such a hard time putting ourselves out there? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And I used to not kind of go to the heart of it because I thought it's not that extreme. But the truth is, the closer we are to our heart's desire, that thing that lights us up, that big message, that give voice to your vision show, right? And the closer we are to really speaking our essence, our truth, owning our voice, claiming who we are, the message that we're here to share, the more vulnerable it is. And I like to say that the reason why it gets so hard is that we think, okay, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to really work on it. And I'm going to get my talk together or my signature course together or my live stream script together. And I'm really going to hone it and own it and put it out there. And then we do it and we feel, first of all, hyper aware of any shakiness in our knees or vulnerability in our voice. And we're putting ourselves under a microscope that's way bigger than anybody else would ever put us under. And then we judge ourselves for it. We think, what is wrong with you? Everybody's going to know. And it starts to create this self-fulfilling prophecy. So the truth is, everybody feels a little energized and vulnerable when they are about to speak up, be seen. Molecules behave differently under observation when we are speaking and sharing our message. And it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of self-trust. But we know when we're being watched by a camera or by humans and it feels vulnerable because, you know, the molecules of our being sense it. And that's all been measured by the quantum physicists too. So it's real. And then what happens for so many of us is that we judge ourselves or put ourselves under an impossible microscope so that it can really hinder our ability to drop in and share and let our message flow through us. Now, I geek out on quantum physics, I love the idea about neuroscience and the psychology behind things. So I want to dive into that for a second because you, you've said that a few times now. Molecules behave differently under observation. So translate that to a coach running their business, new in their business. What does that mean for that coach? What does that mean molecules behave differently under observation? Well, it means I should be doing videos or I should be doing lives and my throat closes up, my brain goes blank, I'm deer in the headlights. I should be posting more on social media. I should be sending out more emails. I should be more visible, but the resistance that can come up, right? We know it. And then when we are doing it, we feel extra energy moving through our body. It can be harder to take a full breath. It can be easy for the words to forget. We can sweat a little extra. Our throat can close up. So in short, the fear of that feeling, of that vulnerable, like exposed, who am I to say, all that stuff that comes up, the fear of that feeling can really intensify our resistance or our reluctance to put ourselves out there, to really step into the truth of who we are, which is divine beings here to share a message. If we have our resistance rule, if we avoid it or we get very perfectionistic, sometimes we want to be very scripted or have it all 
be really perfect before we share it, then we will end up slowing down our process and our ability to reach and serve people massively. The truth about sharing your message is that you must say it out loud. That's the fifth step in my what to say framework is we have to put it out there and share it, give voice to it. It's very similar to the messaging stuff. I see the coaches and healers that I work with get stuck with their messaging is that they want to feel like it's good enough or it's going to work or they're not going to make a fool of themselves or they're not going to ramble or it's actually going to lead to the results that they want before they put it out there. And you can't, right? (laughs) You got to put it out there. So you need encouragement. You need frameworks. You need to know how to line up with what feels like, oh my gosh, yeah, I can say that and know and begin to build skill at how you share about what you do so that those people that you're most aligned with see you, hear you, and hire you. Now, let's go back to a couple basics because we just dove right in. (laughs) So for our listeners, just to make sure that we're all on the same page, what does it mean for a coach to claim their voice? What do you mean by that phrase specifically? Great. So we have a message to share. We have a modality that we use, a transformation that we create in the best marketing and messaging. It includes usually some of our personal journey and our story. So first, it starts about where are we coming from? What do we want to say? Right. And that's where we can get spun out in like we're supposed to say it in this certain way. And there's so many people telling us how we should say it. And it feels vulnerable. So we don't think we know how to say it. So the first step to claiming your voice is just owning and fessing up. You know what? This is what I want to say. This is what I know. This is who I am and what I'm here to do. But then we layer on the marketing skill uh, by starting to find the language that we can use that feels true and good to us. So it is our voice. But then we also want to learn how to share our voice, our message, uh, our transformation in a way that people will go, oh, whoa, that sounds good. (laughs) I want that. When you talk about, I think you just begun to hit on it. What does it mean to clarify your message? Speak into that a little bit. Yeah. So that's where I developed this framework because I realized that I, the voice expert, was leaving my own voice out. I thought I didn't know what I was talking about and I was going to ramble and I didn't know how to say it in a way that people would get it. And so in trying to follow the scripts and the templates and the formulas that other people were sharing with me as I began to embrace this reality that I needed to market in a way that people would get what I do, I left my passion and my calling and my clarity and my insight out of it. So we have to own that. But then as we're claiming, this is what I want to say, there are very specific kind of timeless uh, messaging techniques where we can learn the language of our clients. So we, ha- we know what they need in order to have the transformation that they seek. I know they need this. It means we need to discover how they think about it, how they talk about it. So the journey for clarifying your message is learning where your people are, what they're thinking, what they're hoping for, dreaming of, wishing for, struggling with, And then learning how to incorporate that language and meet them. It's our job to meet them where they are. So learning how to meet those clients, those potential clients, the audience where they are and gather their language and use their language and then have it ultimately be embodied in your message and really feel like a part of how you share 
um, is the work, but it's also when you can fall in love with marketing and messaging and your marketing and your messaging can feel as exciting and energized and effective as actual doing the work you love. Now, this is taking me back to, I think it was about maybe two or three years into my business. And I had never, well, I say I didn't have any experience in marketing, <laughs> although I was the number one Girl Scout for selling Girl Scout cookies. So I actually did know what I was doing. I just didn't realize it. But the story I told myself in the beginning of my business was, I don't know marketing. I've never done this before. I've always just been an employee. I just do my thing. And so when I think back to that early part of those early years, I had this gentleman I was talking to to help me. It's like, okay, how do I market? Like, what do I put on my website? How do I find these people? And it was interesting the way he told me. He's like, well, you have to talk about their pains and struggles. And I was like, oh, no. I am all about not that. I'm all about getting people where they want to go and the results and the outcomes and the possibilities. And I don't want to talk about their pains. They don't want me to talk about their pains. But all he could say to me was, well, you have to start by talking about their pains and struggles. And I'm like, no. And I dug my heels in. So many times I think back and I'm like, Melinda, if you had just listened to him, your marketing life might have been a little bit easier, but I didn't. I was like, no, I will only talk about the transformation, the change, the goals, the results, the outcomes, because that's what my people want. But it wasn't until somebody said exactly what you just said. It's like, Melinda, you have to meet them where they are because that establishes the rapport. And then it was like, ding, 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 ding. I was like, oh, I don't have to spend a lot of time in the pains and challenges and struggles, but they do have to know that I understand it, that I get it so that I can get them out of it. And I can guide them beyond that. And that was a game changer in the early years of my business. Meet them where they are. It's like, yep, acknowledge it. And then absolutely, I spend all my time getting them out of that spot and into the land of outcomes. Can you say anything to that for those other new coaches? Because I hear that a lot with new coaches. They're like, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, the pain is often what leads us to be willing to even want and discover the transformation. You know, we take pain pills more than vitamins, right? They say. So it is actually a sacred opportunity and a responsibility, and it can be incredibly transformational when you know and you can articulate someone's struggle, challenge, heartache, heartbreak, uh, big pain. When you can articulate that, almost better than they can, you can have the opportunity to touch the lives of people that you may never, ever know or hear or see. That's your marketing and your messaging and being willing to hold that space and say, I know this place and I see this place and my clients have seen this place too, um, is actually incredibly inspiring and hopeful for somebody who's in it and can't see any way out. That might be the only way that they can actually hear you. Because if you are talking rainbows and sunshine to somebody who's in the low, then they can't even relate. So we have an opportunity, and it's a sacred opportunity, I think, to help people hear us. If you can articulate that struggle or that particular thing that they've been up against that they really want to shift and they're ready to change, if you can articulate that as, as well or better than they can, their brain will automatically tell them that you probably have the answer. And so it's, it's, it's a sacred opportunity to me. I absolutely agree. And I love how you described it as that sacred opportunity. Let's paint a little scenario. Like, let's say that we have a new coach that's starting a coaching business. 
They've come to you because they've got no clue to how to sound authentic in their marketing, what, how to put themselves out there. They just know they want to do it. And they're scared, like we were talking about the rejection piece just a moment ago. So how do you work with them? What are the exercises to help get your clients more in tuned for how to sound authentic? You know, that's a great question. I call them the demons of don't. <laughs> don't do it. I have a unique- I love that. <laughs> the demons of don't be too loud, too soft, too tall, too short, too funny, too serious. Don't be too, T-O-O. And I think one of the most powerful things is to acknowledge that we have those thoughts or we have those feelings, and then we immediately put pressure on ourselves to stop it. And what's wrong with me? I just need to get out there. I just need to make myself do it, right? Right after we have that fear, we then follow up with some nice judgment on ourselves, right? A walloping dollop of what's wrong with you? You need to get over yourself. And in my approach, I definitely encourage you to say, okay, wait a minute, let's pull that apart a little bit and develop and set intentions and develop skill around getting off your own back. You get to be a beginner. You get to do it wrong and strong. You get to uh, learn as you go. You have to find a way to give yourself permission to come into it because it's a muscle because molecules behave differently under observation. So I wanted to be a vocalist. I was told by multiple brilliant singing coaches, you could be a world-class vocalist. And all I heard was could be. And I could go into a room one-on-one -on -one with a voice teacher and I could sing phenomenally amazing sounds. And they would be like, wow, that's amazing. You could be a world-class vocalist. <laughs> and when I was out in front of people, I had total body betrayal. I could not make the same sounds. So the methodology and my approach is what I call transformative witnessing. We got to find a safe container, a place where we will cultivate and activate our audacity and our daring and where we are going to be unconditionally supported as we find our voice, put ourselves out there. And this is not about like, oh, you're perfect. It's great. It's not this false surface level of encouragement, although encouragement is essential. It's trusting that you're going to have feedback that gives you that aha feeling. So I think that having the right container, depending on how much vulnerability or charge you have around being visible and having a community. So when you're in a community of other people that you respect and you know that they know what they're doing, they're really great coaches, but they're a little vulnerable too. And you start to see that you guys take the same risk together in a sacred container where you know that there's no judgment. It can be very, very healing to be witnessed by other people that you know feel some sort of the level of vulnerability that you feel. And the thing is, we have to find a way to trust ourselves. We have to get off our own back and allow ourselves to have enough time, enough exposure. The human brain, you want to geek out with me, you know, we get habituated very quickly. And we're kind of, frankly, habituated to the fear of it not being good enough. And in order to shift that paradigm, we need to create a place for us to have a new experience. So rewire our physiology. And the truth is the sensation and vibration of your voice can actually change the way you're wired. And the breath that comes in is inspiration, right? And breathing and making those sounds, creating a new experience in a safe container can 
quickly and instantly dissolve a lot of the hesitancy that is what actually makes us ramble or stumble on our words. You know, we can get out of our own way. Yes, there's some skill building that bridge in the languaging. And the other thing to remember about that vulnerability is that the vulnerability in and of itself has a kinetic energy. And so being a little past the edges of your comfort zone allows for this different kinetic energy transference to happen to the people that you're sharing with, even on podcast audio or in a live recording that you made two months ago. Because if you're feeling that, your audience is going to feel something too. The kinetic energy and that transference. I want to talk more about that because that is like you feel that the tingling, the excitement, the nervousness, as my business partner would say, we've got to make sure all the butterflies are flying in the right direction, right? As long as they're flying in the right direction, keep moving forward. And that's what it just reminded me of. But I've never put that connection that when I've got that certain vibration or that buzz internally because of what I've got going on, being in that spot of vulnerability right past the edge of my comfort zone, that that's transferred to the people that are on the other side of that conversation with me. Depending on how they're tuned in and what they're hearing and what their frequency is. So we can't control what they're going to pick up, but we can activate, access, and allow what we are sending. We are all broadcasting. We are made up of energy and space, right? And it is in sharing that message, being seen, being heard, taking up space, honing and owning our message and our language. And on that journey, when we're sharing and firing on all cylinders and doing things that are a little past the edges of our comfort zone, that is where we learn how to give goosebumps. Mm -hmm. And Maya Angelou told us, you know, people don't remember what you say. They remember how you make them feel. And I have seen again and again, yes, there is skill frameworks and languaging and messaging that are brilliant and important. But ultimately, it comes down to trusting ourselves, getting out of our own way and allowing ourselves to drop in and flow that really creates the alchemy of goosebumps and transformation through the message itself. I love that. And like you said, yes, the tactics, the strategies, the frameworks, we have to learn those and know those. But what I'm really taking away from this conversation is that's figure outable, that's learnable. And before we can really learn it and apply it and get results from it, we have to get out of our own way. We have to go through these internal things that we've been talking about to help us navigate this. And I don't want to skip over one of the things that you said, because I'm realizing the importance that it plays as a tool in my life. And that's when you were talking about the breath, because that is not just as a musician, not just as a speaker, but when I was learning anything new, I remember my golf instructor, when I was learning how to play golf, it was the first thing they taught me. You know, they taught me how to hold the club. And then they said, okay, now take a deep breath, drop your shoulders, expand, open your heart. And now here's your stance and everything is possible from here. Nothing is possible when you're clenched up, nervous, tight, rigid. And so it's true for anything I've learned. And it's one of the go-to tools that I have as a leader, as a business owner, as a coach for me. And when I'm working with my clients is put your hand on your heart, take a deep breath. Beautiful. Not just most people breathe to their collarbones, but like yeah. down to your diaphragm with your belly. And sometimes I've even had my clients, because I had to do this in my flute lesson, so I make them do it too. Lay down on the floor, put your hand on your belly, breathe so that your belly raises your hand, like that kind of breathing. Because in doing that, you're bringing that life force in you. 
in that moment, there's this pause that you are intentionally creating and your mind can't help but to respond differently. It's one of the quickest tools that we have access to is the breath. And I really love that you brought that into this whole conversation about claiming your voice. Yeah. Well, I also think that your messaging and your marketing needs to be inspired, not try and figure it out or make it up. But that inspiration, it means to breathe in and our bodies do it without us. And so when we put some intention and what you focus on expands, right? When we choose to take a deep breath and one hand on your belly, one hand on your heart, you will be able to hear and receive, but you're also as the leader able to broadcast more effectively and efficiently. So if we can remember to be intentional with the breath and be present, you know, what does this have to do with marketing and messaging? Everything. Even if you're sitting Mm -hmm. to write a post, even if you're sitting to write an email, however you're going to share that message, whatever platform. And I usually strongly encourage people to do the thing that comes easiest for them first, and then the thing that's a little bit more vulnerable. Inspiration is more powerful and clear than motivation or determination or dedication. So if we leave that inspiration out of it, we're cutting off a huge access to energy that we have available to us to connect into that highest who we are, which can smooth out all the wrinkles and the details way better than we can with our brain and trying to get it right. I love how you take the internal approach to marketing and messaging, as well as the external approach, right? The internal, like how do we organize ourselves? How do we get inspired and make sure that that is part of the equation. It's a both and, it's not an either or. And then the external of the tactics and the strategies and finding what's aligned with you when it comes to marketing. And I find that it almost becomes a natural outcome when you do the internal work first, that the external work becomes so much easier. Now, we have covered quite a bit in this topic and taken some unexpected turns in this incredible conversation, which I love where it took us. But I just want to summarize some of the things that we've talked about today. We started off by talking about why it's so hard for us to actually put ourselves out there when we're doing what we love. And you talked and kind of took us into the area of vulnerability. And you had that beautiful You said it several times, the molecules of our being, they behave differently under observation. And I love when you said this, when you talked about how the fear of vulnerability, that exposed feeling intensifies our resistance. And we have to be aware of that. I love the way that you described what it means to claim your voice when we've got that message to share and remembering to bring that to the table first and foremost to find what do we want to say? Who am I? And starting at that point and then finding the marketing language and the way to share it, like that comes almost secondary, but it flows right from that. And I loved how we got into the conversation about clarifying your message and that whole dialogue about meeting them where they are and how it's a sacred opportunity for us to hold that container for those that we encounter. We talked about how to sound authentic. You talked about the process of the transformative witnessing that we have and finding that safe container. I love that internal work that we need to do while we also are then doing the external work of marketing, that the messaging needs to be inspired, to breathe in and then channel the powers and focus the powers of our mind to help create and broadcast what it is that we want to say so that we can activate access and allow what we're sending out 
to go to those that are ready and able to hear it. Any other parting words for our listeners? Well, that inspiration piece can be elusive or feel woo-woo or it can feel hard to pin down. Inspired, imperfect action is the way forward and that it really does come down to getting off your back and trusting yourself. And remember that the only way to start to trust yourself and own your message and find your voice and, and clarify the words that you use is to put it out there. If one person can be helped, will you show up to serve that person today? The tools of permission. How can you give yourself permission to play bigger, to expand your own sense of who you are? Because it is the nature of the universe to expand and you are the universe and your business and your message is an expression of the universe. I'm going to share my message today as is, and I'm going to give myself permission to grow as I go. I love it. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Michelle for this amazing conversation about voice, messaging, marketing, putting yourself out there. You can find out more about her at michellecopper.com. That's Michelle Copper, K-O-P-P-E-R.com. You can also check out the show notes for a link to her gracious gift that she's sharing with us, What to Say Framework. Michelle, thank you so much for coming to the show. So great to be here. Thanks for having me. I love talking with you. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mayor CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Soul Savvy Business and Making It. Cynthia Lamb produced this episode. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. Danny Innie is our executive producer and post-production was by Post Office Sound. If you want to listen to upcoming great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth 
and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.